There we are. Can you hear me? Can you see me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you can see me better than you can hear me. I'm expanding these days. You got it, didn't you? I'm just looking around because I was thinking, when was the last time I stood up here and ministered? That was before COVID. I think it was September 2019. So I'm just trying to take you all in here. This is so wonderful to see you this morning and to be here. We've done it. We've done it. Albert. Um, we've done outside stuff, of course, and uh, stuff on, on Zoom. And uh, just sort of let you know that we, even though our, our role is uh, missionaries out of here now and to Peru and El Salvador for the last 15 years. Uh, COVID, of course, shut all those things down, but we have been able to continue to maintain contact uh, with the churches uh, in some of these fields through uh, Zoom meetings. Uh, we're presently, I'm working with Colin and we're doing uh, a leadership conference into La Merced right now with one of the churches there on Friday evenings. And, uh, and Colin has been uh, running uh, Zoom meetings for uh, Francisco translating for the last six months at least into both Peru and El Salvador. So he's been a great teacher and has been doing some great stuff for them. So there is stuff still happening in our, in our ministry and uh, we just continue to thank you for your support and prayers and uh, that uh, God is continuing to build his church. I hope you've, I hope you've been enjoying the series. How many of you have enjoyed the series on the book of Acts so far? Good, that's about 10% of you. Well, hopefully we'll catch the rest of you along the way. Uh, and uh, uh, we'll catch the fire and uh, what God is saying to us. But I, I really believe that this is a, a really, really crucial series for us personally, us locally, and the church globally. We are living in, 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 in challenging days. We really have been. We've heard that, we've said that, and people have said, you know, it's not normal and everything that's happened in the last year and a half. But I, I believe that this series that we're talking again with is, is crucial for us. And, and God downloaded a lot of stuff for me this week. I'm thinking, how am I going to get it all in a half an hour or 35 minutes? So bear with me. Anyway, uh, we were talking in the book of Acts, we were talking about the Ecclesia, we were talking about the church. And it's already been said, you and I are the church. Let's get out of our mindset that the church is some big, huge uh, conglomerate or uh, uh, it's, a, it's a building or anything like that. The church is me. Can you say that? I am the church. I am the church. So everything that Jesus says about the church, he's saying to us and me and you personally. We need to have that mindset. We really do. Because if we don't have that mindset, it's very easy to say to the church, oh, someone else will do that, or God's speaking to somebody else, or someone else is responsible for that. No. Everything he says about the church falls onto our lap. And so, uh, my, my portion of scripture that I've been asked to speak on is Acts chapter 13 and 14, which is uh, Paul's first missionary journey, or I put it, Paul's first road trip, uh, out of the church. And the word that came to me was the word outbound. Now I'm going to talk to you today about being the outbound church. And as I said, we've, we've gone through some very challenging things in these last, in this last 18 months or whatever it's been, unusual challenges. And uh, we're, our, our faith has been challenged personally, what we believe in, uh, things that we confess, all kinds of things have been, been challenged, our values. Um, for me personally, it's like God's taken me to uh, uh, refine my faith, if I could put it that way. What I believe in, or, or giving me a deeper understanding and a closer relationship with Him. And uh, which is, which for me has been very good. It's been time for me to assess myself, reevaluate myself, my relationship with Him, what am I doing in the kingdom of God, what's He called me to do, what's my gifted. I think we all need to have that time of processing in our life of evaluating yourself. And so that's kind of what I've been going through and uh, being 
We've been challenged by the world, all that's happening. And I believe we've been challenged by God saying, hey, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to the church. I'm getting the church's attention. Back to myself personally. And so we're also being challenged by the word of God. And I say that because as I studied the word of God this week, in the last couple of weeks in preparation, it's really challenged me. So everything I'm going to say to you this morning, I've had to process it through me. What about you, Roy? What about you, Roy? Do you believe this? Are you doing this? Are you going to step out? Are you? Are you? Are you? So I've had to challenge myself, and I've gone through this challenge this week. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I was going to use the word, I'm going to dump on you this morning, but I'm going to download some things that the Lord's, the Lord's downloaded on me. That might be a more, more appropriate word to use. Download, uh, as I share about the outward bound church. I really ask you to open your ears to hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say through His Word to you today. And so the church, uh, we're talking about the Ecclesia, we're talking about the church. Uh, and I wrote this question down. Do we really understand the significance of that label upon us? Do we really understand that? You know, when you stop and think about the church as, as it was described in the book of Acts, and the beginning of it, and all the process that Jesus, the foundations that Jesus laid in the Gospels uh, about uh, who he is, and he's the foundation and the quickening of his disciples to get them ready for what took place in the book of Acts. And so, what we see is God, God come along and beginning to create a new, uh, as I put it, a new community, which is known as his church. And it's a community that is called by the Holy Spirit. You've been called by the Holy Spirit. You're here this morning, you're, you're, you've committed your life to Jesus because the Holy Spirit called you and drew you. You've been redeemed by His grace. You being an imperfect person, me being an imperfect person, became co-workers with Him. You and I are co-workers. We're not here just uh, because we wanted to uh, avoid the fire. Uh, that Jesus is our fire insurance, we're, we're safe from hell. No, that's, you know, it's, it's a lot bigger than that. Because there's a lot of other people out there that don't have that assurance. They don't have that insurance, they don't have Jesus. And so we have a responsibility to get that word out there. And so we are co-workers with him experiencing this message of the kingdom and he wants us to to grow in that whole area and i've always said that the church is god's universal vehicle the church universal let me put that way. the church universal is god's vehicle on earth to declare and display on his behalf the glory or the uh, the benefits the advantages of his eternal kingdom Okay? That's the church's responsibility. We are that vehicle to take the kingdom to the world. Amen? Amen. The mandate is to go into all the world. Go through, and, 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 and to do that, we as a church are going through a process. A process of, uh, of from birth to maturity, as it were. Born again of the Spirit. And now we grow in God to mature and to begin to do and to walk and to fulfill that which He has called us to do. We're being developed into a powerful church in, in where we are to be the influence of righteousness wherever we are. I'm going to expand on all this in just a moment. I'm just laying some groundwork here. It's to be more than just a place where it provides a maintenance moment. Boy, I just hope we never get into that mindset that we come to church because that's what it's all about. No, if we just come to church for the sake of coming to church, then we're kind of like in maintenance mode. We're just maintaining. We're going nowhere, really. But God doesn't want us to be in maintenance mode. God wants us to be in a, a movement that's going forward, fulfilling what He has called us to do. It's to be more than just a place of maintenance mode. But going forward, as I said, where, where uh, Ephesians 4.12 talks about uh, uh, being equipped for service. Matthew 5.6 talks about being salt and light. It's to be a force that is to affect the society we live in for righteousness. Let me say that again. We are to be a force that is to affect our society wherever we are for righteousness. 
in changing times, standards, values, convictions, also changed, influenced by circumstances and situations, relationships, and then simple selfish nature. There's all kinds of things that are happening out there that are changing and getting worse and worse than the Bible says it's going to do to happen. Boy, the church needs to be a source of stability in this unstable world, providing answers and radiating hope based upon the absolutes of God's Word. Can you say amen to that? It's going to be based upon the absolutes of God's Word, and we've got to be that stability. We've got to offer some hope to the world. Yes, Jesus is the, world, uh, the hope for the world today. We say that, and we know that. But how are they going to know that? Hello? How are they going to know that? That's what we have in the book of Acts. The church beginning to become what God had in mind. That's why it's so important we go back to the book of Acts. We have God's model for us here to follow. We find who we are to be, how we are to live our lives, and what we are to do to walk in the purpose He had in mind for us, the church, the Ecclesia. It's all in, all in this in the Word of God. And that's why I say the book of Acts is very important for us at this time to study it and to, and to, to understand it. God is restoring His church. You know, much has happened over the, the centuries in regards to the church, where it went through the dark ages, where it seemingly had died. But Martin Luther came along, and he, he was that spark that began to bring a, 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 a revolution, if I can put it that way, where the just shall live by faith. And now God is in the process of restoring the church to its full power and full potential and full uh, uh, design and model that he had and the plan and purpose that he had for the church. We are in that process. I believe we are being restored. He wants to restore us back to that powerful church we saw in the book of Acts. Amen? He wants to restore us to that. He wants to, He wants us to walk in that power. He wants us to walk in that righteousness. He wants us to be on display for His glory and for His honor. Amen? So we are the called out ones from the world. We're the set in ones into the body of Christ. And we are to be the sent out ones to go and fulfill the commission that was in the heart and mind of God. And our mission, I put it this way, and our mission, should we choose to accept it? We find in Luke chapter 4, 18 and 19, to be summed up in this scripture. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the goodness to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is not a mission impossible when we read that. But it's a mission possible because with God all things are possible. And I like to take the scripture as a foundational scripture that this is our commission. We are going to all the world and preach the gospel. These are the elements that are part of that. The preaching of salvation, the preaching of deliverance, the preaching of healing, the preaching of victory, the offering of hope to the world today. Those five things are very important. And so, as I laid that foundation, let's go look into the book of Acts now and see what took place and what we see and some things that were involved in being the outward bound church. And so Acts 13 and 14 are the chapters we're looking at. And point number one, I put down that uh, they were called and they were commissioned. This is where it all began in Acts chapter 13, 2 and 3. We read this scripture. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them home. They were commissioned by the Lord. They were spoken over by the Holy Spirit. And they were prayed over and anointed to go out and do the work that they were called to do. The commission, the prayer, the fasting, the laying on of hands resulted in the Holy Spirit giving instructions to go. They went and they connected with the world that they lived in. They were commissioned by the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
as they obeyed, they responded to that which God had called them to do. So I go back to the commission that's gone to over us. We have been commissioned as well, Matthew 28, 19, 20. Go and uh, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. I am certainly I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's a commission to me, folks. That's a commission to you, folks. We are all commissioned. If we've accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we have been commissioned. Even we signed up for duty right away. Each of us are called by the Holy Spirit, and we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We, we emphasize the baptism of the Holy Spirit in this place because it's in the Word of God. And we need to be baptized. Yes, we're born in the Spirit, the Spirit's in us, but we need a further experience where we are empowered to overflowing because that which God has called us to do, we cannot do it in our own strength and ability. We need some supernatural equipment. Because when we look out there, we say, man, I can't do any of this when I'm facing all that I see out in the world today. But with God, as I said earlier, all things are possible. He equips us. He fills us. He gives us the tools that we need to go and do it. And yes, there's a tension that works within us. Paul talked about the tension. Our flesh versus our spirit. My goodness, our flesh will do all kinds of gymnastics to keep us from doing that which God has called us to do. And he said, my flesh wars against my spirit. There, there, my flesh opposes with whimpers and it cries because God is asking us to do things that our flesh says I'm too weak to do. And then he comes along and says, that's why I say I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. So don't walk after the flesh, but walk after the spirit so you can fulfill that which I've called you to do. I will empower you with power from on high. That's why the book of Acts started with the baptism uh, of the Holy Spirit coming upon the church. It needed to start there because that was the empowerment that was needed for them to fulfill all that God had called them to do. And everything that happened in the book of Acts, as you read it, it was because of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So if we're being restored to that point, we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be filled to overflowing and viewed with that power so that we can say to our flesh, quit whimpering. I'm not going there. I'm going over here. I'm going to follow the Spirit, not the flesh. Amen? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we see in the book of Acts. We've been commissioned. And so for, for us to walk out the will of God, we need to be in His presence. They were in His presence. They laid hands on them. They got together with the other leaders. And they prayed. And they fasted. And they worshipped. And the Lord came and spoke. We need... Again, this is things turning in my heart. We need to spend more time in the presence of the Lord, church. Amen. We need to come into that place, that place where we can, can hear Him. We spend time with Him for Him to speak so we can be in His presence. Not about making us feel good. It's not about feeling. It's about our faith growing and becoming strong where we walk by faith and not by sight and circumstances. You know, what he has in mind for us to do requires no room for mistakes. Think about that. He's been speaking to me about this. Where are my priorities? Yeah, come on. Time is short. My time is short. I'm 71 years old. You know, we don't think about those things, but I do. Okay, Lord. I want to, I want to, uh, well, I don't know what the word is, uh, I'll love it, Paul put it. I want to use my time to the best of my ability before God, so I can hear him say, well done, that's good and faithful servant. And that should be our priority. I just don't want to be so focused on life and maintaining life and getting through life and all these kind of things. No, Lord, I want to do what you called me to do. I'm, I'm in church. You're his church. He's got things for you to do. Let's be open. There's no room for mistakes. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered and renewed to be like Christ. We need him activated. We need him alive within us to be effective. We need to die to self. We need to hear and believe, and then we need to go and obey, or we need to obey and go. God never intended 
the church to be internalized. <laughs> the church is not about just gathering Sundays or gathering in a group or anything like that. That's all important. For take up yourself and yourself together. As far as you see that day approaching, it's important to gather together and strengthen one another, encourage one another. But there's a purpose. There's a purpose. So we can go and fulfill the great commission that God has called us to fulfill. He never planned to be, never planned for us to, to be internalized, but to be interactive with one another, but also with the world. Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good deeds and glorify God in heaven. It's getting out there, it's being interactive. Listen to, listen to, I'm just going to read through this list real quickly about the importance of being interactive, not being internalized. He said this, and these are just take up, I've got the script of references, but I'm just going to read the statement. Let everyone see your good deeds. Love your enemies, do good to them. These are ways of, 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 of living our lives on. It's more blessed to give. Overcome evil with good. Do good to all people. Created to do good works. Do not grow weary in doing good. Be rich in good deeds. Engage in good deeds. Be eager to do what is good. Spur one another to love and good deeds. Be eager to do good. That's the church's responsibility in this world of a lack of goodness and full of evil. It's the church's responsibility to let your light so shine before men that they might see your good deeds. Not for a pat on the back and say, oh, you're such wonderful, good people. No. Like, see, you're good deeds and give God the glory. Well, you turn around and say, you know why I'm like that? Because of what Jesus Christ did for me. What an opportunity. What an openness. To begin to tell our story to people. Our life. Just an opportunity for them to respond, hopefully, if they're open. Jesus said this. Well, before I read that, I was going to make this thing. COVID has shaken the church to wake up, get up, and get out. Okay? Did you get it? Get wake up, get up, and get going and get out. It's been said, and it's, I wrote this little phrase in the back of my Bible. The magnetic church is an outbound church. Think about it. Because Jesus said this, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Yes, he was talking about the crucifixion that was coming upon him. But there's a message in that as well. Because his crucifixion was that if all men look to him and believe, they would be saved. And so whose responsibility is it not to lift up Jesus? He says, church, be that magnetic church. You lift me up. Guess what? They're going to be drawn to me, through you, through me. Oh, that's why we need the Holy Spirit, folks, because I know my frailties, and I wrote this, wrote this down somewhere here. Because of our insecurities, weaknesses, poor self-esteem, low self-worth, these things, if we draw them, they can hold us back. We may wake up, we might get up, but we might sit down instead of get going and getting up. Because we say, yeah, that's wonderful preaching. You know, someone else, someone else, someone else. Those people out there in the church. No, you're in the church. I'm the church. Now, listen, I said earlier, when I, went, I was downloading all this stuff, it was like, should I say that? Because I'm not there yet. I was prompted to say it anyways. Because I'm preaching to you, but I'm preaching to me. Understand that. Folks, <laughs> you know, we're not up here perfect by any means. So Jesus said, if I'm lifted up. So we, and I said this earlier, kind of referred to I recal we need to have a recalibrating thought and understanding of our job. God is our boss. We're employees in the kingdom of God. We have, a, we, have a, we have a job description to do in the word of God. We need, we need our brains washed. We need mind renewal. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds that you might prove what the perfect acceptable will of God is for you. Because if we don't, 
will be conformed to this world. And the Philip's translation says, don't let the world force you into its mold. Don't let the flesh force you into its mold. Don't filter everything through the, 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 the carnal mind. But filter everything through the renewed mind. Brain, mind that's been washed by the Word of God. The water of the Word. The washing of the water by the Word of God. That's what's going to change us is the Word. For, our, for us to understand our job. Because if we don't, we're going to be like a caterpillar that wants to be a butterfly, but doesn't want to go through the chase, so we're going to pretend to be a butterfly. We're going to glue on the wings. We're going to glue on the antlers. But I'm going to still stay a, a caterpillar. No. A change has to start from within to become what God wants us to become. That's why he said, put to death these things that are in your members. Colossians 3, put to death. We need to change from within. We gotta get out of our comfort zones. We don't want to, we don't want to return to do normal, but we want to return to do better. We need to love better. We need to forgive better. We need to serve better. We need to pray better. We need to study better. We need to be patient better. We need to listen better. We need to trust better. We need to witness better. You can add something to that list. But let's not be satisfied with where we are. Let's not want to return to normal. God does not want us to return to normal. That we know of. But the only normal that he really wants us to get to is the normality of God's word, his principles, his truth. Amen? That's what he wants us to get back to. <laughs> we also need to be and do church together. Not in here, but out there. Yeah. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. We need to do and be the church better out there. I know I'm saying a lot and you think, oh, how, uh, you know what, how do I do that? But if you're led by the Holy Spirit, He's going to give you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to do and be the church out there. We don't have to worry about that. We need to be bridge builders into into, uh, to reach our community. A bridge connects um, two sides which are separated by a gap or a, or a chasm. And Jesus established the model for the church to connect to the world. Je Jesus was a bridge builder. That's why we always do the word and study the word. Jesus was a bridge builder. He's asking us to be bridge builders to the world, to connect to the world, to interact with the world. How did he do it? He went outside the synagogue to outside the synagogue to the turf of the needy people. You study his ministry. The majority of his ministry was not in the church, not in the synagogue, but it was out there. He went in with the publicans and sinners. The religious people of the day didn't like that. Because what was he doing? He was saying, This is what you gotta do. And they weren't ready to embrace that. And it was contrary to their laws and their rituals and so on. But he was a principal. He went to their turf. He went where the, the, the prostitute was. He went to the, where the, the dead, dead people were. He went to where the sick were, the lepers, and so on. He went to them. If you're really honest, you'll say, you know, why aren't more people coming to church? Well, because they don't want to come here. For different reasons. We need to go up there. Amen? <laughs> Listen to this quote. He designed the bridge concept of unprecedented spiritual influence that could span the chasm roaring with skepticism, indifference, hostility, and even persecution. That's what we're seeing today around the world, and more so now in our culture than ever before. His bridge design would enable his people to church to connect to a disbelieving, disinterested world. Wow. We probably say, well, they're not interested. No one wants to listen. Nobody wants to hear the gospel. Well, this is our calling and our commission to this kind of world today, church. Challenging. Point number two. Here's how it can be done. By being empowered and available. 
Acts 13, 6 to 12. Let me quickly read this because it, uh, it highlights the point that I'm going to leave with you this morning. One of them. Philemus Elmas, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed him and tried to turn the council from the faith. Then Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at him and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed. For he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. That's an interesting scripture when you look at that. Uh, it wasn't up there, but it, it, a little earlier on, uh, the proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas to Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But this sorcerer came along and offered an opposition. He tried to stop the word of God going forth. And there's a lot of opposition when it comes to the church going out there. There's going to, there's going to be a lot of opposition. Mark shared that with us a couple of weeks ago that we will be opposed. There will be opposition. Isn't that an encouraging word to you this morning? But let's face the facts. Jesus was opposed. He said, he said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you too. Okay, that's the job description. That goes with the territory. All right, so how do we deal with that? Well, Paul dealt with it. Paul was sent out on his road trip to go out there, and he went out there ministering to the, the Jews and the Gentiles, ministering to believers and non-believers, and here was someone that was interested. Here was somebody that was not the crop, but the harvest. Do you know the difference? The crop has got to grow until it's ready to be harvested. This guy was growing, and he was interested. There was an openness, and he was ready now to come into the kingdom. But the enemy came and tried to stop that work. That's what the enemy does to you and I. It's going to throw things out. Well, people aren't going to appreciate you. You're going to lose friends. That to that to that. You're trying to stop us. You know, well, let's, you know, reason that, uh, yeah, let me think about that. Well, I don't want to lose the friendship. You know, maybe it's not at the right time. You know, and, and then we begin to convince ourselves to not do what God's called us to do. We have an open door, an open opportunity to speak Jesus. But the enemy will come to try and stop us. But Paul was available because Paul was called and he was anointed. And he took a boldness and a confidence. He understood the situation. He wasn't going to back down. He dealt with it head on. This is how we deal with these things. That's why we need to grow in God in our relationship with God. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that when we go out and do the work of the Lord in the kingdom of God, that we deal with things head on. Easier said than done. But that's why we begin the Holy Spirit. With him, all things are possible. We handle these things that come at us. Not being radical. Okay? Not, not being foolish over it. But Paul understood the power that was in him. He understood the commission that was on him. He understood who God was. He understood that, that to be like Jesus. But also there was a time to speak truth. To speak the truth to love. Wasn't that he hated the sorcerer? Guy needed Jesus. He needed salvation. And sometimes there's a place where we might have to be firm, but it's going to come out of the right heart, the right attitude of love and appreciation for what God is doing in life. So how do we handle it? By the power of the Holy Spirit, with authority. I like that when I thought of that. Okay. We have the Holy Spirit. See, when Jesus sent the disciples out, he said, I give you power and authority. I just like this definition that's always stuck with me. We've got God's power. We've got the Holy Spirit. We've got the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit's the Word of God. We've got all that. Now he gives us authority or the right to use that power. You have the right to stand up to the enemy and resist the devil. Because he's going to flee. Wow. That's the promise of the, the truth of God's word. 
with authority. Paul's proclamation of the gospel involved a demonstration of the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Signs accompanying the preaching of the word. 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Oh, it's one thing just to quote scripture, but it's another thing to have power behind the scripture. And that power is the Holy Spirit. And we need to understand that, that when we're calling, we got to believe the word, and we'll talk about it in just a moment. The truth, but it's backed by the word. The message of the Bible puts it this way. God's way is not a matter of mere talk. It's an empowered life. Yeah. I say, Lord, I, I need my life empowered even more. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. But I need to learn how to appropriate. I need to learn how to hear. I need to learn how to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then I need to have the guts and the intestinal fortitude to step out in faith. And that's probably where my weak point is right now. And I'm learning God saying, step up. Get up. Wake up. Get up. Get out. Okay, Lord. Scary. Not by my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The gifts of the spirit will override the works of the devil and bring glory to God. When Paul did what he did, he got the pro-counsel's attention. And look what happened. It says, he believed. When he heard the word, but he saw it backed by the power of the Holy Spirit, he saw the word in action. And when he saw that, the two working together, oh, I believe. Because he was amazed at the teaching. He saw that there was power in the teaching of the word of God. Now we may we may not go to that extent, but we need to have a heart and understanding that when we talk the word, we live the word, there's power behind it. If our heart is to bring glory and honor to God, God will use that. And lives will be touched and changed. We may not see the results right away, but it will happen. It will happen. Here's a statement. The problem today, the world doesn't see the church as the dominant force. They don't see any relevancy. So they react with cynicism and hostility. And the statement went on to say, when this happens, the church they feel they can no longer influence the world, so they withdraw into their own community or safe zones or isolation, quarantining themselves, and they become filled with powerlessness. We must not be afraid of the world. The world should be afraid of us. We need to know the truth, Acts 13, 13 to 49. I'm not going to read all that today. But what Paul was doing there was reinforcing the foundation, the truth of Jesus. And that's a reinforcement that needs to make sure is constantly strengthened. Jesus is our foundation. He is our rock. And everything he says is true. And that we need to obey it, believe it, and exercise ourselves in that. We need to have a living, vibrant truth in us. And that living, vibrant relationship with Jesus will be the bridge that will get us into people's lives. When people hear and see Jesus lived out in their life, as we live it day by day, it becomes, it becomes our lifestyle. Again, Paul in Galatians uh, 5 says, don't walk after the flesh, but walk after the spirit. I think it's the amplifying one of the translations brings out that we are to live habitually after the spirit. Automatic. We have a whole new value system. We have a whole new way of living. We don't live like the world. We live different. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. No, not weird. We're not hiding on the hill somewhere. But we live a different value system that offers hope, that offers peace, that offers joy, that offers eternity. That's the commission of the church. That's the work of the outward-bound church. Living that vibrant truth, bridging and connecting with the world that's been looking. They're searching. The Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. My fourth point, 
And my final point, be the outward bound church. So I've laid some things here and talked about you know, uh, uh, being commissioned and called, being uh, uh, empowered and available. Uh, know the truth. I just kind of quickly alluded to that in Acts 13. Know the truth and live it. Live Jesus. They see you. They see Jesus. And then fourthly, be the outward bound church. Came across some new statements. Just kind of blew my mind. The world today is tired of words. It wants real. They don't want fake news. I hate that. <laughs> they want truth. Real is everything to the people today, especially the millennials. They want real. Real is convincing. Everybody wants real. Nobody wants phony. People are more affected by what they see than what they hear. See, we are to declare the gospel, but we're also to demonstrate the gospel. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good deeds. That's the demonstration. Yet, really, something the church seems less and less geared to be demonstrating and much less producing. Listen to this part of the statement. While the world waits to see it in their communities, the church is consumed with talking about it in their sanctuaries. We equip the saints here. We're being equipped to get out. So don't stay sitting here at the end of the service. Get out and get out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> says we talk and teach truth. Truth will set you free. But the real truth of the matter is, where is the love of God we're talking about? Where is the transforming power of Christ? Where is that changed lives? Where is that selfless giving? Where is the good works? Nicky Gumbel, you know Nicky Gumbel, one of the founders of the Alpha program in England, said, these, said this, three things that will bring the kingdom of God to the world is his words, works for your walk and wonders the demonstration of the power of God. That's a challenge. We can't react to evil. It's very easy for us to react to evil. Ah, Trudeau. Biden. The local government. This neighbor. We're complaining, 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 complaining. We react to evil. What do we do with Bible says, pray for those that they even have authority. What do you expect sinners to do? Sin. What? You know, the fruits of their sin will be sinful fruits. So, what's the solution? Ah, yeah, the polls help. I mean, the uh, election. Let's not go there. But the thing is, pray. Pray, pray, pray for your neighbors. Love them. My heart goes out to the homeless people. Mm -hmm. I see them, I pray. You know, that's all I can do from a distance sometimes. Pray. Pray for them. It's, it's not them, it's the devil that has got them. James and John, <laughs> they react to evil when that is. Samaritan village wouldn't welcome Jesus. Ah, should we bring down fire from heaven to consume on Jesus? Because they're not going to welcome you. No, let's not get angry at people because they're not welcoming Jesus into their life. But Jesus rebuked them. And he, you know, basically he was saying, no, be patient, love them. The world wants proof. John 12, 20, 20, and now there were certain graves among those who came up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from the Bethesda of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we would wish to see Jesus. They heard about Jesus, but now they wanted to see him. They wanted proof. They wanted to see him in action. And I believe that's what the world is saying to the church. Church, we want to see Jesus. You're talking about it. We've heard about him, but we want to see him. Lord, help me. Do people see Jesus in me? Here's a description of the church, a community of people 
who stand firm in truth over time against raging currents of opposition and who present living proof of a loving God to a watching world. We should be such a force that the world is watching us. Amen? Amen. How many amens on that? But the world is watching. The world is looking. The world is looking for answers. I know it's a big order. But once it was once said, we can win the world one person at a time. We take our responsibility and step up. My time is gone here. My last page is gone. Oh, <laughs> I hope you hear my heart today. Yeah. I hope you hear the Holy Spirit. Because I struggled to put this one together. <laughs> because it was too challenging to me personally. Jesus expects the church. He said, I will join the church when he gets the help and overcome it. In other words, nothing will prevail against the power of the church, which is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Jesus expects the church to supernaturally attract people to God. Mm -hmm. If I lift it up, I'll draw a man unto me, he said. How? By us living through everyday living, his, his life and his love to the world. And this is the bridge Jesus sees, a connecting church, a bridge of influence, outward bound. We've got to get up there first. I don't know how all that's going to look in individual lives or even in my life, but even as, our, as a local church. But that should be our vision. It's about souls. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The river blazing and will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the heartbeat of God, people. We must understand the essential role as bridge builders. We can't stand on one side of the chasm and shout to the other side. We must go to them, connecting with them. Otherwise, the gap will remain between the beauty of Jesus and all the authors and the receding influence of the contemporary church in the world. We don't want that to happen. What the world wants to see is whether what we have is better than what they have. Think about that statement. When they look at us, do they see better? That's why we got to do better. Instead of doing normal. The normal in this day and age isn't working. And I believe God is saying to the church, church, wake up, get it, and get out. Church, we come please. I want to do something a little different this morning, if you don't mind. Better, not normal. I'm going to ask you to stand, Trish. I'm going to ask you to pray. I'm going to pray. Pray too, if you like. <laughs> Prayer is always good. I want to go back to Luke chapter 4, 18 and 19, where it says, here's, 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 here's the foundation. Praise the good news, salvation. Freedom from the prison, deliverance. Recovery of sight, healing. Release the oppressed, victory. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, hope, hope. Before we get to that part, I just want to leave my challenge with you in this. About making a fresh commitment to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, to cleanse us, Purify us and to shape us so that we can demonstrate the kingdom of God to the world. That's where it starts. To evaluate and reevaluate and to assess ourselves. Are we going to be outward bound or are we going to be root bound and become dwarfed and not grow alone? Are you being seen? or unseen? Are you being visible or invisible? Are you standing out or are you blending in? Are you making a difference or are you being indifference? 
Let's be a bridge builder. Let's be filled with the Spirit. Let's be available. And let us be made into that which God and then I look for those four five things. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, Jesus is the earth Savior and willing to forgive you if you will reach out to him. Or if you're bachelor, or if you're lukewarm, maybe it's time to return so that you can participate in God's plan for you as you become his church. If you're here this morning, maybe you're bound up with habits, addictions. Jesus wants to bring deliverance to you. If you need healing, physical, God wants to heal you. Or if you know someone that's not here that needs healing, I'm going to ask you to come and stand in your place. If you need victory, Depression, anxiety, stress, suicidal thoughts. God can bring victory to you. Are you feeling hopeless? You're feeling overcome with fear in this world today. God is the God of hope. He will fill you with joy and peace as you put your trust in Him. For He will overflow you with hope by the Holy Spirit. So if any of these categories fit you this morning, I'm going to ask you this. Tristan, place quietly, and I wonder if you can do uh, miracle worker making the way okay is that what you were playing anyways as she plays that I'm going to ask you to just come and line up at the front I really felt the Lord to say pray for people today so salvation healing deliverance victory come or people that you know come stand in the gap for them today Please come and make your way up here. So we really want to just take a few moments. We'll take long, but we want to pray for you. Why the Holy Spirit's work? This is where it starts, church. This is where it starts here. We're going to go up there. We need to prepare ourselves here. We need to prep ourselves here. We need the Holy Spirit to shape us down. Or if you're going to feel the Holy Spirit, come on up. We'll pray for you. You'll be filled before you leave today. You want that empowerment upon you. You want to speak in that heavenly language. You want that special communication with God. Come. We'll pray for you. Thank you.